0: All right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know what time it is the fan in the van podcast time. Um, <laughs> so obviously, the last one we discussed the whole Calvin Ridley thing. Um, and then after that, a lot of interesting things have occurred. You know, obviously, everybody thought that you know Rodgers was going to leave Green Bay, he was going to go to either Denver he was going to go to Tennessee, or he was going to go to the Steelers. None of that happened. Four years, $200 million, $150 million, $153 million actually, guaranteed. Uh, <laughs> you can't. You just can't. Um, and then literally, what, about two hours later, The probably the biggest trade that nobody saw coming after Seattle said that, you know, they weren't going to trade Russell Wilson. Well, sure enough, this trade to Denver, and listen, Seattle gets a haul and a half. I'm talking draft picks. I mean, yeah, you get Drew Locke, but you get a you get a decent tight end out of this in Noah fan. And the question is now you trade Wilson to Denver, right? You get all these picks. A few years prior, you traded for Jamal Adams, who didn't want to be part of a rebuild process in New York with the Jets, who's now. In a rebuild process, yet again, in Seattle. So, does he try to push his way out of Seattle now? They already released Bobby Wagner. And, you know, I I posted something on Facebook that this is the... Now, this is the dismantling of Seattle, and it's going to be a complete rebuild. And one of the things I had said was, you know... I mentioned DK Metcalf in it, and a lot of reports were that the Jets would be highly interested in him, and why wouldn't you? And you have two prime top 10 picks, one of them you could get rid of to get a red zone threat in DK Metcalf, something the Jets really don't have. And if you're a Jets fan, you'd have to clamor for that, because I would if I was a Jets fan. I know my buddy Rob would clamor for it. He would love it. I mean, yeah, you're giving up. You know, I, you know you are giving up a prime pick there at either, you know, with the 10th pick. I understand it. But, you know, like my uncle said, you know, why don't we just draft our own DK Metcalf? The problem with that is, is that there really isn't somebody with DK Metcalf's speed and build, really, in this year's draft that I've seen. You know, a lot of these wide receivers coming out, they, you know, like, yeah, they're jacked, but they're not DK Metcalf jacked. Do they have his speed? Yeah. But they don't have the height that DK Metcalf has in that red zone that might actually elevate Zach Wilson's game a bit. Then comes yesterday. And the Colts do what we all knew what was coming, just didn't know when. And Wentz is now a Washington commander. And Eagles fans are in are rejoicing because now they get the now Eagles players get to catch passes from Carson Wentz again. If you don't understand the joke within it, then you obviously have no sense of humor. Uh, you know, a lot of other things, like apparently they're trying to get a deal done with, with Kyler Murray in Arizona. And they're saying, from what I'm reading, he should get, the, the, some people saying he should get $300 million if Rodgers can get $200 million. Um, Kyler Murray's not a $300 million player. Then somebody said in that same thing, well, if you're going to give Murray $300 million, you should give Lamar Jackson $400 million. No. Neither one are a $300 million or $400 million. And right now, neither one of them are a $100 million quarterback. Okay? Neither one of them. Because Arizona got off to this hot start and played their way again. Out of winning the NFC West, they played themselves right out of it again. And you could sit there and you could say, "Well, you know, JJ J. Watt got hurt." But you know, what? it's every year; it's something different. It's a different excuse. It's a different player's fault to why they didn't get to where they should have gotten to. Okay. The bottom line is that I'm not saying Kyler Murray's not a good quarterback. What I'm saying is, is that Kyler Murray needs to mature a lot to go out to come out a few days ago and say, "Well, you know, if I'm not going to get what I'm asking for, then I'll just go play baseball." Well, Kyler, look at what's going on in baseball because now more games are going to get canceled because they still can't come to an it agreement. It, it's it's an utter joke what's going on within within Major League Baseball to the point that I don't even want to really discuss it anymore because it's so friggin' sickening at that. Um, another thing that actually is kind of sickening, too, if you think about this, if you're a Cowboys fan, is, you know, when you look at Amari Cooper, okay, and, you know, I was thinking about this, and, you know, how they, you know, the Cowboys went and they restructured Dak's deal, Zach Martin's deal. They free up $22 million. The question you have to ask if you're a Cowboys fan is why are they not restructuring the one guy who isn't producing? Ezekiel Elliott is not producing. You're paying him over the course of what is it, like 6 years and a total of 90 million and he rushes for 3-4 yards a carry if that when you had Tony Pollard who rushed for almost the same amount of yards with half the snaps. And you got Cooper who before the age of like 28 has over 7,000 receiving yards already and over 500, you know, receptions. And that puts him up there with, listen, that puts him up there with wide receiver royalty in Moss. He's up there with Fitzgerald, Mike Evans, D-Hop, and Antonio Brown. That's a rare feat to accomplish. And the fact that you're willing to either A, trade him, or B, cut him, for, for what? If you release him, yeah, you save $20 million. So now between restructuring Dak's deal, Zach's deal, and then releasing Cooper, okay, you now have $42 million in cap space. All well and good. All well and good. But, but why are you going to release the guy who's more of a predominant offensive player as opposed to the guy you thought was supposed to be, got his bag, and then just decided, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna play mediocre. And then not only that, you go and you ask one of your top defensive players to take a pay cut, and he in essence tells you to go fuck off. Okay, that's what, that's what Demarcus Lawrence told you. He said, Jerry Jones, what are you insane? If you're Jerry Jones, and mind you, Jerry Jones has a lot of other issues going on now. Now apparently that something from his closet's come out and is suing him for millions. Claiming to be his biological daughter. (laughs) Never ends in Jerry's world, but whatever. Um, You're asking these guys that are outperforming Zeke Elliott. Okay, I understand. Cooper's a wide receiver. Elliott's a running back. Demarcus Lawrence is an edge rusher. Okay, I understand this. But if they're outplaying their contracts... Or they're playing to the worth of their contracts, and this guy isn't. Why are you asking these guys around Zeke to restructure their deals? And yes, it turns into bonus money, doesn't affect the cap. We, we, we understand this. We understand how this restructuring works avoidable deal works. And if you don't understand it, listen, Google is your friend most of the time. Go Google it, because I'm not going to explain it any further. I've explained it before, I'm not going to explain it again. Okay. The issue is, though, in in Dallas, and it's been the issue forever, is, and you can compare this to Vince McMahon of World Wrestling Entertainment. You have two guys that are out of touch with their respective businesses. Okay, With Vince being out of touch with WWE and not knowing talent as far as he could throw it, And Jerry Jones not realizing that the issue in Dallas is Jerry Jones himself. You went out and got Mike McCarthy. Horrible coaching choice. Horrible coaching choice. He was overrated. And you could say the same thing. You could put Mike McCarthy in the conversation with Aaron Rodgers. And people sitting there saying you're paying Aaron Rodgers $153 million to win no Super Bowls again. Because as great as Aaron Rodgers is, and everybody says it, you know, he always chokes in the big one mm history proves that to be correct. But with Dallas, Jerry Jones hasn't gotten it right since the Jimmy Johnson era. And we all remember why Jimmy Johnson wound up leaving Dallas. Jimmy Johnson wanted more control because Jimmy Johnson had a system that worked. And Jerry Jones didn't want to be upstaged. And with Jerry Jones, it's about ego. It's about flesh. It's about being, it's about it's, he has to be the end-all, be-all. Listen, I understand you own the Dallas Cowboys. You own one of the most historic football franchises in NFL history. I understand that. But it's time for Jerry Jones to hand the reins to somebody else who's more qualified. Okay? It's just the time. It's been the time for 20 years now. Okay? Okay? You've brought in guys like Tony Romo, got you nowhere. You've, you've, you gave Dak the deal he wanted. Something's not working, and I don't think it's player personnel. I think it's whatever coaching staff you have there. You could talk about Kellen Moore as this offensive coordinator genius, and he should have been given the opportunity to coach the Cowboys this year, and maybe so, maybe so, but Mike McCarthy's not the answer. And especially in the NFC East, that is so weak now because the Giants have sucked for how many years now? And the Eagles are subpar at best. And the Washington, whatever the hell we're calling them, the football team, the commanders, or when they decide to change their name to the Washington, whatever the fuck's next, okay? Dallas should be dominating not only the NFC East, but you should be dominating the whole NFL. It's not like you don't have decent players. You have Dak, Cooper, Gallup. That's who they're trying to that's who they're trying to work a long-term deal with. A guy who's injured. But if you kept if you could get Gallup to resign, if you could keep Cooper, move Zeke Elliott Let Tony Pollard be the starting running back, or go draft a running back, or look on the free agent market for a running back. Le'Veon Bell's still looking for a job. Maybe Le'Veon Bell will come to Dallas. Who knows? Maybe that revives his career. But you're sitting here, and you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, and granted, you've had Super Bowl success, but that was when VHS was still popular. You know, you're talking the 90s. I when, when the Cowboys were winning Super Bowls, I was probably a freshman in high school. It was probably the last time they won one. And that's going back. I'm 40. So you do the math. This has been the problem since. You had a you had a you had a coach in Jimmy Johnson who got it right, and you could sit there and say, Yeah, well, you had Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, you had you you know, you had Irvin, you had Alvin Harper. You you know, you had on the defensive side of it, you had Dion for a while, you know, you had all these guys. Yeah. And Dallas has those same similar guys. Zeke was supposed to be the replacement to Emmett Smith. And he's been nothing of that at all. CeeDee Lamb could become the next Michael Irvin. Dak Prescott could become the next Troy Aikman. They're not all impossible things to happen. But to happen, you need everything to gel together. The players can gel together all they want. But if the players and the coaches all the way up the ladder can't coexist, then Jerry Jones, you're the main problem. And you got to go. You got to go. So I don't know. What Dallas does to rectify all this, but they need to do something and you need to do it quick. Because Dallas Cowboys fans, like Giants fans, like Jets fans, like Carolina Panthers fans, like like any team really that hasn't won anything in the longest time, they all want to see that success. And when you sit there and you talk about, well, we're going to go after this and we're going to do this and we're going to draft this and blah, 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 okay. All well and good, but when it doesn't produce on the field, and especially in Dallas's case, maybe the issue isn't Dak Prescott. Maybe the issue isn't Amari Cooper. Maybe the issue isn't Zach Martin, you know, Van Der Esch, you know, Trayvon Diggs. Maybe they're not the problems. Maybe the problem starts at the top of the ladder, and it's Jerry Jones. And if you haven't realized that it's been Jerry Jones for the longest time now, You obviously haven't been watching Dallas Cowboys football the way the world has been watching Dallas Cowboys football. Okay? Um, but But to sit there and restructure and ask for other people to take pay cuts when your top running back is playing like a fourth string running back is insane. It's it, it's still it, it it's it's just insane and they need to really kind of figure that out. Um you know, obviously and then speaking of the Giants, they have a lot of issues. Uh, I actually seen something this morning when I was getting ready for work that the Saints might call the Giants about Daniel Jones. If they do that, what are the Giants going to get in return? Because they're saying that, you know, a lot of reports I'm reading is that the Giants are really looking into bringing in Mitch Trubisky, maybe as to compete with Daniel Jones. Now, let's be real here. If you're a Giants fan, okay, and you have to think, and you have to think of this, what has Daniel Jones done? And you can sit there and say, you've gone through X amount of coaches, X amount of coordinators. How's he supposed to get it right? Okay. We'll give Daniel Jones that benefit of the doubt. Okay, we'll give him that benefit of the doubt. But you're bringing in Trubisky, who comes with a lot of negative feedback because, you know, he was with the Bears and Matt Nagy was the coach and they sucked. And no matter what he did, the team couldn't win. And at times you look great, at times you look like crap, and you'd say Trubisky went through issues in Chicago too. So they're both the same in a way. But fast forward now to opening weekend, who would Giants fans want to see on the center more? Daniel Jones, with the moves the Giants will probably make, and whoever they draft or Mitch Trubisky with those same moves in the draft and whatever free agent signings they bring in. To me, honestly, I got to give Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt. As good as Trubisky could be, and I'm not saying this because Trubisky's also linked to Pittsburgh. If Trubisky goes to Pittsburgh, he goes to Pittsburgh. Okay, And we'll get to the whole Pittsburgh thing in a second. If I'm a Giants fan, this is Daniel Jones' last chance. It really should be his first chance because the Giants have been such a clusterfuck of nonsense ever since Gettleman took over, and you really can't blame Daniel Jones for that. Okay, You really have to look at ownership for letting Gettleman come in and then letting Gettleman pretty much destroy this franchise to such a fact that you're in cap hell that you have to either A, release, cut, trade, restructure, whatever you got to do, but You know, the the Giants got a lot of work to do. They'll get it done somehow. Okay. But if you're a Giants fan, you got to give Daniel Jones some faith this year. Now, if it's the same thing with a new coach, new GM, and it's the same old Giants, well, then you got to look at ownership there too. What are they doing? What are they doing wrong then? And we could talk about that next week, week after, but... You know, as you're listening, you probably sit there and say, What Pittsburgh thing? Right. So there's conflicting reports. Obviously we we're out on the Rodgers thing, and honestly, I think we were always out on him. We were out on Russell Wilson and honestly, I think Denver gave up way too much in that deal. Had Pittsburgh had given up that much, it would have been it would have been blasphemy all over Steel or Twitter. You know, people would have been happy for it. I would have been happy for the move, but I We'd probably still be sitting here saying, I think we gave up one or two picks we didn't have to give. Or we gave away, you know, a player we didn't really have to give up. Conflicting reports. Obviously, Sean King comes out and says, if Deshaun Watson's legal situation could get cleared up by Friday, Pittsburgh is as good as getting Deshaun Watson. Jerry Dulac comes out. He says the Steelers have no intention to trading for Deshaun Watson. I'm going to tell you, point blank, knowing the Steelers as well as I know them and being a fan forever, I'm going to tell you this. If they got rid of Santonio Holmes from marijuana many moons ago, knowing the Roonies don't want drama within their organization to such a fact that they traded Antonio Brown away and let Le'Veon walk, you think they're going to bring in a guy? who's got 22 pending lawsuits for everything he's done? The answer is simple. It's no. They're not going to do it. And I'd rather them honestly bring in a Mariota, a Trubisky, a Winston. You know, go trade for Jimmy G. Go trade for Jimmy G. And speaking of Deshaun Watson, there was an interview out. They interviewed one of his former college teammates, and apparently, Deshaun Watson may not be so as innocent as many think he is, and granted, this is another person's point of view, and again, none of us were there for this, so we don't know, but apparently all this that's going on with Watson has been going on since college. That 22 pending lawsuits, because apparently they're going to a grand jury on Friday, and I think like eight of the women involved in the lawsuit are actually going to be there to face Watson face to face. Now, if this has been going on since college and this is deemed true, how many more lawsuits are going to come out of the woodwork now? That's why Pittsburgh's staying away from it. Now, if Deshaun Watson didn't have any of these issues going on, I would be all in. I would be all in. Listen, he's not happy in Houston. You know, he wants out. Listen, we'll take the contract. We'll pay him. But we're not giving you everything you're asking for. Because the main piece in this, whoever winds up getting Watson, you're taking that contract with it. Okay? So you can't sit there and expect a team to take a $160 million contract and you want the world on top of it. Can't You, you can't expect that to happen. Y- you know, you just can't, you, you can't, you just really can't expect that to happen. Um, you know, but going back to the Giants, rumblings are that they're looking to maybe make a move with James Bradbury for either draft picks or bring somebody else in. You know, they're looking to possibly move on from Logan Ryan. If I'm the Giants, this is what I do. If you want to move on from Logan Ryan, okay, that's fine. But I would let Bradbury build up his value a little bit more. Let's see where you are, come the trade deadline. If you're a game or two out of a wild card spot and you can get somebody that is better at the position than Bradbury straight up, or if you have to kick in like a fifth round draft pick then do it. But I wouldn't trade him now because the sky's still the limit for James Bradbury. Now, you could be a Giants fan listening and saying, well, if his value is decent enough now to get something, why not do it? Because what if he hurts his value? There's always that. There's always that, and I'll agree with you. There's always that. But you never know what you can get down the road as opposed to what you can get now. Now, you have to think about this from from an ownership standpoint. You have to sit there and you got to think, you got to look at every, every option you've got on the table as far as who's offering what. If none of them attract you, then don't just settle. It's like anything else. You know, you could be, you know, like you could take a real life situation. You could be at a bar and have five girls looking at you. You know, one could be a four, one could be a six, one could be a... A three, one could be a five, but you're looking for a 10. So if they don't attract you, then why would you just settle? They may, you, you, you know, if you're listening, you could get the correlation of what I'm trying to say here. But, you know, the Giants got to make these choices rather fast, they got to get under the cap quickly. Because now, like, the real free agency period starts, I think, this Saturday, and there's going to be a lot of guys out there that if the Giants can get under the cap, they can go and get a lot of these guys. Arizona didn't franchise tag Chandler jo- uh, Chris Jones, right? Chris Jones, I think it is. Chandler Jones, I how his name is. John Jones' freaking other brother, okay? Um... Devonte Adams got franchise tagged, as well as Chris Chris Godwin, so they're not going anywhere this year. Um, you know, rumblings are the Eagles are interested in Juju Smith Schuster. I also read a report the other night that apparently Ju apparently Kansas City wanted Juju. Now I don't think Juju wants to go to Kansas City, and that there might not be a market. So here we go with this talk again. There's no market for Juju, and he's gonna have to take a one year deal. And to be honest with you, after the injury and then coming back. And saying I'm gonna I'm gonna help get us into the playoffs and I'll play in this playoff game. Honestly, I think he's gonna have to take the another one year deal, one year ten million. We'll get it done. He's gonna have to do that. I understand, you know. Listen, he said it. In la- he said it last year when he was a free agent. You know, I want to play with a good quarterback. Listen, us rifle yourself because Mason ain't good. And this is another thing. And this is why I can't stand half of my own fan base. Because you're sitting there saying, you know, well, Mason's got this as a record. And Mason did this. and Ma- Yeah, that's great. You can read stats. Guess what? So can every other Tom, Dick, and fucking Harry on God's green earth. Okay? The stats don't mean shit. Look at the play on the field. It is mediocrity. It's garbage. Okay? I don't understand it. I don't understand what this love affair is for having Mason start. You obviously don't care about the team winning then because, granted, yes, Mason can go out there and start and prove us wrong. But history says different. And that's what I side with. Okay? Mason had three to four years to be ready. You can sit there and say, well, how was he ever supposed to be ready when Ben was always playing? Well, newsflash, that's what practice is for, that's what training camp's for, and that's what preseason football is for, okay? And guess what? When his opportunity came, he didn't know the playbook. Like, he should know the playbook, okay? He didn't know it. They had to create a friggin' highlights children's book, play a play-calling friggin' book for him, Okay? Yeah, he's 5-4-1, and one. big whoopity-friggin'-do. That's great. That's great. Guess what? When Ben took over for Tommy Maddox, what was Ben's record? 15-1. and one. I'm not expecting that from whoever comes in. But what we expect is not what we had last year. And you could put in, again, you could take blame into the offensive line being garbage. Okay? And if I'm the Steelers, this is who they get. You want a legitimate center? He's a free agent out of Tampa, and his name's Ryan Jensen. You get him and move Kendrick Green back to his natural position, and that's guard. That's what you do. It's as simple and as easy as that. Just like it's as simple as easy as bringing in Mariota and Trubisky to compete with Haskins and Mason Rudolph, and watch what happens. Because this is what your QB depth chart would look like week one. Ready? Trubisky one, Mariota two. Haskins three later, Rudolph. That's what it would be, okay? Because there ain't enough room on the bench for him to sit with Dobbs looking at the Microsoft tablet, okay? Not enough room, okay? And again, he could come out there and he could do his little inter- interviews and sound dejected, but you created that yourself, Mason. Which a horrible play. Which a horrible play. I get you were good in college. You had the chemistry with Washington, but you're in the big leagues now. You're in the big leagues. Put on your big boy pants and become a big boy. All right? So disgusting, this love affair with Mason Rudolph. My God. I I, I can't. I, I don't understand it. You obviously only watch the highlights on ESPN of any time Mason started a game to where he throwing one good pass. Like, oh, my God, this kid's got it. He ain't got it. He ain't got it. He don't have that wow factor. He don't have that it factor. He doesn't have that I game changer factor at all. He has none of it. You know what he has, though? He, he has that wish.com version of Clark Kent. That's what he is. Okay? He's a wish.com version of a real quarterback. That's all he is. Let's be real. Mason Rudolph will never be a good NFL quarterback. So I don't know why the Roonies are sold on him. I don't know why Tomlin's sold on him. Honestly, sell him. Sell him. Mason Rudolph's not the answer at starting quarterback. You can agree with me. You can argue with me. You can come at me on Facebook. And my stance will always be the same. Until he can replicate what Ben Roethlisberger has done. This is the factor. This is the key motherfucking factor here. Okay? And you can tell this topic annoys me because I got to argue with people every single day. Okay? Until he replicates everything Ben Roethlisberger has done. And he hasn't. And he won't. Why? Because Mason is Mason. And he sucks. That's what it is. We live in a world of horrible truths, and that's one of them. Mason Rudolph sucks. Has sucked, will suck. Okay? Be- people sitting there coming at me, oh, well, you know, he kept us afloat in 19. No, he didn't. The defense did. People sitting there, oh, well, Juju didn't fumble that ball. Well, guess what? He fumbled the ball in New Orleans. Lattimore made a great play on him. Strip the ball, it. But you want to sit there, you want you. But you you want to sit there and you want to blast Juju for that, but you don't want to blast Rudolph for his horrible play. You want to defend a guy who sucks. My God, I can't, I can't. It's so annoying. It. You people that argue that Mason Rudolph is so great are the same ones that think that Baker Mayfield is 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 the greatest thing in Cleveland. No. The same ones who think Mason Rudolph is his great quarterback are the same ones that think Lamar Jackson is going to take over the AFC North. Wrong. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. It's not. And it's not to dump on Lamar Jackson at all. Okay? Not to dump on him at all. I'm not going to make this about bashing Baltimore, you know, like I always do. And I'm not going to bash Lamar Jackson. But let's just make this what this is. You people that argue that Mason Rudolph is a good quarterback are the same people that think Baker Mayfield's got a shot at being a Hall of Famer. Lamar Jackson's got a better shot at being a Hall of Famer before Baker Mayfield ever does. Yeah, I said it. I said it. But out of those two, you know who is going to be a surefire Hall of Famer? Joe Burrow. That's what we expected from Mason Rudolph. That's what Cleveland expected from Baker Mayfield. The way Burrow came out and played, that's what we expect out of Mason Rudolph. So, if I'm Mason Rudolph, go watch how friggin' Burrow plays. Go watch how friggin' Matt Stafford played this year. Go watch them. And grow a goddamn set of balls and become a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. And you know what you do, Mason? You prove us all wrong. You make us eat it. That's what you do. Don't sit there and go on TV and be interviewed by friggin' Bob Pompani at KDKA and sitting there and going, uh, you know, well, I've been here for like four years. And uh, you know that you know they're still not giving me a shot. Because you suck. Because you suck, you suck, you suck. It's like the Kurt Angle theme song, you know, you suck, you suck, you suck. You suck. I'm not the only Steeler fan who says it. I'm not the only Steeler fan who's on Facebook and Twitter arguing with you morons. I'm not there's other people that do Pittsburgh based podcasts that are arguing with morons we literally are argue with morons but it's kind of fun in a way because it's always nice to prove a moron wrong okay now before I go I was supposed to do <laughs> I was supposed to do the Cordell Stewart one so I promise I will do Cordell Stewart on Monday um, barring anything major happening between now and the weekend coming into Monday. Um, but also too, if you're a Giants or Jets fan, even Steelers fans fan to listen, just NFL fans in general, the bills made an interesting decision with Cole Beasley. Take away the fact that he's anti-mask, anti-vax. Take that all away because now COVID doesn't exist anymore. Now we have a whole new world threat going on. Um, Cole Beasley's been given permission to seek a trade. If you're the Jets, it ain't going to cost you much to get him. If you're the Giants, ain't going to cost you much to get him. If you're the Steelers, ain't going to cost you much to get him. So, I'm just saying that's something that you guys should be interested in looking at. Um, but... You know, there's other NFL free agents. I'll go over that one midweek over, you know, obviously J.C. Jackson's being linked to a few teams if New England doesn't get him. But we'll talk about that more during the week. And another thing on, on the Steeler front, this is why nobody likes Matt Canada either, okay? You can't hire any offensive assistants because Matt Canada is a stubborn bastard, Okay. Your offensive scheme sucked last year. The fact that people who sit there and say, well, you know, Ben's not a mobile cornerback. Blah, 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 blah. No, your offense sucked. It was like dealing with Randy Fickner 2.0. Okay, get rid of Matt Canada. Let Flores be the offensive coordinator. I don't give a shit. Okay? But that's, the that, but that's where I'm ending it today. Fire Matt Canada. Mason, you suck. Everybody, you have a lovely, foggy, rainy Thursday. And I will be back on Monday. Barring something happening. Otherwise, it'll be Tuesday. But I'll be back on Monday. And as always, to everybody who retweets, follows 1420 Sports, as always, thank you. As always, my buddy Torch the Poet always retweeting, listening. Um, my buddy Rob, who always listens. Um, he'll be on soon enough because I want to do a pre-draft special with him on. And then I want to do the post-draft with him on it from a Jets fan perspective. Because trust me. He's got a lot of anger built up in him about his Jets, so I would uh, that that'll definitely be a must listen. Like all my episodes are, so you know you could check us out everywhere. You know Pod uh, Podbean, Podchaser, or Spotify. Anchor. We're now on Newsly. Um, I believe there is a code fan in the van. Uh, that you can use, well, when you search it in the search bar, just fan in the van, you find us there, and every episode, I think we have like 114, I think this will make 115 now, episodes that I've either done solo or with Jay, so, um, you know, check us out on Newsly, we're on Good Pods, you know, we even have YouTube, We we haven't done a YouTube video in, I would say probably two months, but, you know, we still got other videos you want to go and see what past episodes have been about. Um, you know, again, on Twitter, so if all you Mason lovers got something you want to say, you know where to find me. But till the next one, stay safe, and as always, peace.